This episode is sponsored by Cyberlytica, combating fraud, account takeover, and information warfare. Get a free dark web password scan now from Cyberlytica. Use promo code HACKEDAGAIN. My guest today is Kimberly Johnson, VP of Product at BioKey International. Kimberly has over 10 years of cybersecurity and identity and access management market knowledge and experience gained across multiple authentication and cybersecurity firms. Now, as the VP of Product at BioKey International, Kimberly is focused on driving growth and developments of BioKey's IAM and identity-bound biometric solutions. Kimberly continues to be a thought leader and advocate for evolving the way organizations and people approach cybersecurity in our everyday lives. Kimberly, welcome to the show and tell us what keeps you up at night? So you asked me this question and it didn't take me long to decide. Um, so focused on authentication. Uh, I guess I'll start with the evolution, right? So after a decade of watching this evolve, um, I always start with one of my favorite places where it started, which was uh, knowledge-based questions, right? So they came out, they said, all right, you have to have multi-factor. At that point, it was two-factor authentication. And a lot of the financial institutions put in a password and then started asking you your mother's maiden name and decided that was two-factor authentication, right? And so now fast forward, um, we've gotten a lot more advanced and evolved into these different methods. But what keeps me up at night is really what we're standardizing on and that it still doesn't answer the question, do you know and can you prove you are who you say you are? Um, if you think about the methods that people have used, right? So we're all familiar with, you enter a username, you enter a password, you get the code. I enter the code. Or you enter a username, a password, you enter a hardware token into your machine, you tap a button and it lets you log in. If you think about it from a, a cyber geek perspective or an identity perspective, have I really proven you are who you say you are? Um, and in that case, you haven't, right? You've proven that there's a code. Uh, you've proven that there's a device that's available, um, but you still don't know, for example, that Scott, you're the one accessing these critical pieces of information or applications or things that are essential to running the business. Um, and so when you think about multi-factor, there's always two sides, right? There's the security part and there's the convenience part. That's something that us cyber folks have always focused on balancing. Um, on the convenience side, the thing that keeps me up at night is we're still selecting convenience over the security, right? Constantly. Um, we were just talking about it today, actually, that most of us to get into our banking application, some of, I don't know about you, my most sensitive assets, right? My money. Um, I'm using now a touch ID on my phone. Um, and so we'll get into that in just a minute, but that's a biometric. Technically, it should prove who I am who I say I am, but it's contained in the device. The only thing that the bank knows is that somebody using my device has touched the fingerprint scanner on that phone. So again, we're using convenience. It's the same thing with OTPs, right? They're supposedly more convenient or easier to use. Um, we've seen a case recently that it was $16 for a hacker to steal uh, and basically intercept all SMS text messages. So he not only started sending uh, pictures of the accounts, including, I believe, the woman's Tinder account, 
to get into and that he was inside. But you can imagine if your one-time passcode is texted to that phone, that hacker now has those codes. Um, we've seen it in the email. We have people that say, okay, well, we'll email the one-time passcode. Okay, well, that email account's been fished, right? So now that hacker also has the codes coming in. So from the methods that the industry has really, I would say, promoted, widely adopted, uh, for numerous reasons, they're still very vulnerable to attack. Um, now, on the other side, going back to the convenience part, is they're still not that convenient. Um, I, I, I call it OTP panic. Um, I don't know about you, right? There's an authenticator app on my phone. Uh, I get prompted by my website. I go find the app. And oh my gosh, the thing is turning red and the time you know clock is running out and I can't enter it fast enough. <laughs> you panic that you can't get it in. Um, and so this convenient part is also something we still really haven't mastered or solved. Um, and so it's something that I actually saw a recent study from the New York Times. It's an average of 25 minutes to get back to what you were doing if you're interrupted. So if you think about employees, if you think about customers that are trying to access online services, that's a lot of disruption for looking for that OTP, digging into your bag for a hardware token um, and everything else. So from all the aspects of multi-factor, we've come a long way, right? We've evolved it over time. However, what we're seeing are a lot of compromises still made on the convenience side, the security side and not willing to change. Um, the last thing I'll say, going back to the touch ID or the device-based biometric example is, so we've gotten on this kick now to do passwordless, right? Uh, Desk to the password, although I don't know about you, every cybersecurity conference I've attended for the past decade has had a session on death to the password and yet they still are around. <laughs> So we still all use them. Yeah. We still all use them. I actually uh, I did an analogy where um, I did an analogy where I equated it to the Dark Knight in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I don't know if you've ever seen that where you, like it's just a flesh wound, right? Um, the flesh they wound. Just, yeah, just a flesh wound, a bleed on you. Uh, that it just they're not going away, um, and so that'll take time. Passwordless will take time. The good news is uh, it is introducing biometrics, but now what we see is they're not all created equal. So things like a device-based, um, things like Touch ID or Android biometrics, for example, are, first of all, something that I can delegate as the user. So if you have, as an enterprise, said, okay, Kim, you're going to use um, a Touch ID and be enrolled and use that as your method, there's nothing stopping me from also enrolling another fingerprint on my phone for Touch ID and using that to log into the application. So again, you don't know for sure that it is me who is gaining access. Um, the other thing is from an availability perspective, it's on the device. That fingerprint scanner is tied to the device. It's controlled within the device. Um, and so if I go to log into my bank on another device or I get a new phone, guess what? It's not available. So there's a whole nother enrollment. There's a whole nother setup that has to happen there. Um, that's very inconvenient, again, trying to solve both sides of that balance. And then the last thing I'll say is accuracy. So in terms of accuracy, uh, most of these biometrics are one in 50,000 for, let's say, a touch ID. It's one in one million for a face ID. To give you perspective, some of the biometrics that we have, such as a palm scan, is one in 20 million. It's 400 times more accurate. 
So those are the things that keep me up at night, right? In summation, I'd say that multi-factor, we've gone, we've developed it, we've definitely evolved it, but we're still making these huge trade-offs that we don't need to continue to make. And I think to your point, what I really appreciate is I still see people will always gravitate toward convenience over security, unfortunately. Right. Even those in the you know, the industry that we're in too, we're, we're all guilty of it probably. We tend to say we're going to do this and then we gravitate towards something a little more convenient. And I think as we start to see this transformation where multi-factor authentication truly gets more secure mm -hmm. and it starts to get more and more convenient for us, then it'll be mass adoption. And I think that's really what the heart of what, what BioKey is really doing there, which is kind of exciting. Now, now tell me, there, you guys have a product also, Portal Guard. Tell yep. us a little bit more about that, if you don't mind, Kimberly, and, and get us to understand how it works and how it will benefit companies that use it. Yeah, sure. Um, so Portal Guard is actually something that's been around since about 2012. Um, I was in the original company. BioKey has since acquired that company um, as of mid-2020. Uh, Portal Guard is an identity as a service platform, um, so fully unified platform that gives you kind of those those three pillars, right? So it gives you multi-factor authentication, single sign-on, and self-service passive reset. So if you think about security and convenience, you have multi-factor to add that layer of security, reduce your cyber risk, but then you have the convenience side of, you know, reducing password prompts and eliminating support calls with the self-service and single sign-on. Um, Portal Guard is very flexible, uh, so over 16 different authentication methods. But what makes it really stand out is we integrated our identity-bound biometrics into the platform. So it's really the only solution out there that offers all the capacity of an IAM solution, very flexible, lots of options, but brings in these biometrics that are just as fast, more convenient, and extremely secure than even the ones that are tied and device-bound. So. Cool. Now, now, you guys also partner, BioKey partnered with several different integrators. Why is this important as far as your strategy as a company? Sure. Yeah. So from a partner uh, perspective, we are partner centric. Uh, we have our Channel Alliance Partner Program or CAP program, as we call it. Um, and we see this as an extension of our business, right, in terms of any, any good channel program would be. But we also see it as a critical need for the managed service providers out there, the MSSPs. They need to have a solution that is something that makes them a cybersecurity um, consultant or trusted advisor to their customers. It needs to be something that is flexible for all of their customers and easy to manage and then affordable, right? And that's really what Portal Guard gives them. Uh, I just read a recent article that security is extremely high on the MSP list. Because there's one thing you don't want is to put in solutions or help an organization and manage those things for them without considering the cybersecurity side of it, right? Um, they don't want to be in the news. They don't want to be responsible for anything happening as well in an enterprise. So we see it twofold, right? Expanding the business, helping our, us grow our business and our reach, um, as well as providing a solution to these folks that give them recurring revenue and profitable customer relationships. Right. I mean, tell us, what are some of the, the industries that, that you guys serve? Sure. Yeah. So we can, um, it's funny, people ask me, I am what industries. Uh, if you log into something and you have an online service, uh, you need IAM, right? So everybody. Um, but we actually have an amazing uh, customer base in education. 
So over 200 universities and colleges use Portal Guard, um, and they really appreciate the pricing model. They appreciate the self-service, especially at that peak time when students start coming back to school uh, and everything else. Um, so really tremendous footprint there. We have unique offerings for education. We also have a strong foothold in financial services and also in state and local government. Um, so some fascinating biometric use cases there, right? Like shared workstations in bank branches. Uh, how do you know someone's completing the transaction is extremely important in financial, right? The fraud concerns and the, the account takeovers, things like that. You really want to make sure that you know who is who is doing the action. Um, we also see that, like I said, state and local government, guess what? Election security, huge. We have a Western state that just reinvested in our biometric technology to secure their election systems. And um, with all the news around that, you can imagine it's extremely important also that, Scott, if you're managing the tallying systems and the ones that are counting the votes, that we know, Scott, you're the one that did it. Um, also to that, we have uh, great interest from healthcare, we have manufacturing, retail, um, so it really spans most verticals uh, in terms of the interest that we see. Yeah, a lot of diverse verticals, that's great. Hey, Kimberly, tell us, how, how can people learn a little bit more some of the exciting stuff that you're involved in there at BioKey, and even just more about the company if they want to reach out, chat with you guys and see if they could work with you? Yeah, sure. So, of course, uh, bio-key.com uh, is our website. Um, you can also find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. We're very active um, in those communities. We also are a publicly traded company. So you can, of course, find our, our ticker symbol and keep watching the stock or invest. Um, but we welcome any conversation. I've been at this over two decades now with our team of experts um, and our leadership team are all have extensive backgrounds. So we welcome the challenge to see if we can solve the identity and access management, authentication, uh, those type of challenges that enterprises have. That's great. Well, th thank you so much for, for joining us today and all the stuff that you're doing at BioKey and all the people behind the scenes just keeping us all safer. Thanks again. For sure. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it.